Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, Senor, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Intermation Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sure is, and we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Joe Biden, octogenarian champion of freedom. Octogenarian champion of freedom, that's funny. (laughs) It's probably slightly disrespectful, and I apologize. Crank up that music, Michael, it's an intermation party. People showed up to the party. They brought dip. They brought soda. Some of them brought alcoholic beverages. And then we're just going to provide them information during this information party. Permission to quibble? Yeah. I believe technically he's a septuagenarian. I'm rounding. Don't quibble with me. I asked for permission. The deal wasn't granted. Oh, that's true. This outfit has fallen apart completely. No discipline. She rounded up to 80. Well, how old is he? He's 78. He's 78. And a half. Quit (laughs) quibbling, you quibbler. You know what story I'm most excited about today? There's a chance a new world record hot might be set today in Death Valley. The current world record is 134, I think? Is it 37? Anyway, it's something in that area, and there's a chance that's going to fall today, that record. So, uh, Wow, hottest day ever on Earth, I think? Well, yep. certainly since uh, temperatures have been collected, which is like a hundred years, so saying ever is hilarious. But well, yeah, I'm not having, sure. Having made that clear, four billion years ago, when it was just still a, a cooling molten lava, boiling rock, I'm sure it was hotter. But that doesn't count. <laughs> it's eight thousand degrees. Isn't Baghdad? You know, regularly around 130. Well, my brother when he was in Iraq uh, a couple times, it was. Uh, and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. It was regularly, it was like 120 every day. Yeah. That okay. was like the regular temperature. Yikes. So if you got a crazy day, it'd be higher than that. Not nearly as many nice golf courses as Phoenix either. You got that climate. I'd like a couple of golf courses. Mm-hmm. Baghdad, very few. You got the uh, Saddam Hussein links. You got the uh, Saddam Hussein Country Club. Setting a record heat day uh, probably today where I live and, um, uh, you know, crazy, crazy hot in Phoenix. And just wondering if, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, you know, things are getting, the weather is changing. There's no doubt the weather has changed. Whether we caused it or whether we could do anything to stop it, I don't know. But there's no doubt the weather has changed. Um, uh, At some point, does Phoenix get unlivable where it's just too hot? Or do the modern conveniences, people just you stay inside. It's like yeah, living in Duluth, only in reverse. Exactly. Yeah, it's Duluth in the wintertime in Phoenix. I've spent a fair amount of time in Phoenix in the summertime. And granted, another five degrees would be troubling. Eh, boy. Uh, but yeah, you, you hide in your house where everybody has air conditioning. Then mm-hmm. you jet to your car uh, where everybody has air conditioning. And, uh, you know, if you're parked outside, it's like getting into an oven. But if if you're not, it's perfectly fine. And, like, yeah, I suppose eventually Until Phoenix... your car breaks down, then you die. But, like, if it was regularly 130 in Phoenix. Yeah. I wonder if people would still live there. It might, but it might, might be like Minneapolis. If you've ever been to Minneapolis, you can travel all around the city in, like, the hamster maze 
without ever going outside. They just they have these tubes and tunnels and everything like that to get you from building to building. Oh, so, oh, so the walls of the maze aren't made of hamsters. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Terrifying. No, but they do have wheels you can run on every hundred <laughs> yards or so. What do they call those, those hamster things you put together with the tubes? They have a name. Oh, boy. A hamster tat or something like I, that. I think but, we called them a hamster maze, honestly, okay. when we had them. Yeah. Anyway, they have that. In, eventually, they'll have that in Phoenix, just air-conditioned tubes everywhere, and you just don't go outside. And or people will just have to, say, air-condition their home to 90 degrees, so it's not prohibitively expensive. You know, it'll still be hot as hell. You'll be wearing tank top and flip-flops inside because it's so hot in your house, but you won't die. Right. But that this is certainly less attractive. Yeah. You're thinking of moving your company to either Phoenix or somewhere where it's not as hot as the surface of the sun. Uh, I don't like Phoenix's chances. Why did you make Joe Biden the general manager today? I'm just reading all the mop-up on the big meeting with Putin. Five takeaways, key points, you know, that sort of crap. Um, uh, I wasn't uh, very enthusiastic. Do you have a, an alternate choice? No, I, th- I thought the most interesting part of the th- was him giving Putin a list of 16 things you can't hack. And uh, like we were saying, Condoleezza Rice says don't, don't pay attention to the show reviews. Wait a couple of months and see if there's any, you know, any change in his behavior. And it would be interesting to see if, you know, if they hack any of the things on the, the, the list of 16 that you're not allowed to hack anymore, if we're going to go after him with some major cyber attack that Biden threatened, or if Putin's going to think, oh, you probably better not hack those things. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. He will probe. That's what he does. He will mm-hmm. probe for weaknesses. And, of course, if you didn't see it, the other interesting part was uh, after a long day of being an old man and being hangry and, and missing his nap, he got uh, kind of yelled at a reporter that was kind of entertaining. So. Yeah, he chewed out a couple of reporters, really. He was really in his uh, the grumpy old man mode, which he gets to pretty quickly. You remember, the, get your words straight, Jack. That was some poor old fat guy who dared ask him a question about his uh, coke-snorting son. <laughs> get your words straight, Jack. Yeah, he, he, he gets angry quick. Yeah, it's part of being old, isn't it? For some people, that's what they say. Yeah, old fellas, certain percentage old men just get angry and stay angry. Well, the cranky old man isn't an archetype that came out of nowhere. No, the get off my lawn is, you know, come on, comes from somewhere. Uh, this is not a kumbaya moment. Let's introduce everybody. Not. Let's introduce everybody in the squad for our own little summit here. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, occasionally pulls a lever. How are you this morning, Michael? Ah, uh, pretty good. Where I live, it's going to be scorching hot. Now, depending on where you're listening to us, um, your weather conditions will vary. So don't check your local listings. Right? Don't don't write the general manager and complain. Okay? But. <laughs> I didn't Your know what, weather will vary. Right. I didn't know what to do about, you know, it's supposed to be like 110, 112 degrees. Luckily, I happened to be flipping channels. I went on to the local news, and they gave me tips. Good. So, you know, I'm supposed to drink plenty of fluids, mm. find shade whenever possible, you know, keep the AC going, and close windows to block the sun. So I feel better now because I wouldn't have been able to get through this. I didn't yeah. know what to do. We were wondering the other day, how long will these last on local TV? Will they be there forever? I mean, who is that for? Uh, yeah, I, I show think it me will be there. show me the human that that is for. <laughs> I want you to show me one. You don't even have to show me a bunch. Like a, it would take a bunch to justify taking some of your airtime to say this. Like it would almost have to be a majority of your audience to make it you know better than another feature you would do. But just you, that's okay. You don't have to show me one. Show me one viewer of your morning TV show that needed to hear. Stay in the shade or right. indoors, drink more water. Well, it's somebody who hasn't noticed that they get thirsty when it's hot. 
and somebody who hasn't noticed that stepping out of the direct sun feels better, and they have to have it pointed out to them. And yet, and yet, they're cogent enough, they're cognizant enough to comprehend those sentences and put them into action. That's a pretty narrow subset of Americans. You ever driven by a field full of cattle on a hot day? They're all standing under the shade of the tree. A dumb beast like a cow can figure out to stand in the shade when it's hot. Right. Thank you, local television, for telling human beings to do it. You know, we've long expressed the Armstrong and Getty principle of who can be communicated with, and we've often used our the example of our, our hypothetical neighbor, Steve, who, if you see him, uh, on his hands and knees in his backyard, crawling around, and, and I'm, I really wish I'd come up with a better metaphor in the beginning, because we've repeated this so many times, but Steve is crawling around on his hands and knees in his backyard, in, in, eating his dog's poo, and you would like to say, Steve, you shouldn't do that, but his doing it is proof that you can't communicate with him, he can't be reasoned with, so there's no point. What the TV news people are suggesting is that there is a narrow, narrow subset of Steve's that if you lean over the fence and say, Steve, stop eating your dog's poo, get in the shade and drink some water, he'll stand up and say, you know, you're right. This is a terrible idea. (laughs) Contradicting our great principle. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. I had some plans to uh, to to make some stew. Had some stew meat uh, found in the freezer. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some stew. But uh, I think I may have just miscalculated the calendar. I don't think record-setting hot temperatures is the right context to which to make stew in. I may just have to pivot and make fajitas or something. Unless you're inside, in which case your life is no different. A buddy of mine, he's he's like me. He's uh, done I eat everything outside. A buddy of mine is like <laughs> me. He's done a lot of outside work and doesn't quite get the fascination by people who are going to be inside with the heat. And um, uh, I said, how's the heat treating you, stupidly? When he came to my house, I said, fine. I walked from my air conditioner car to your air conditioned house, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, and that's what most people are going to do. If you work outside, right. it's going to be very hot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Thursday, January 17th. I'm sorry, June 17th. It's not January. The year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially, according to FCC rules and regs. The show begins at Mark. That's right. President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin met in Geneva today for about four hours with a few breaks, but no meals, because nobody would volunteer to be the food taster. That's almost a good joke, but Putin doesn't get poisoned. Putin poisons other people. Right. So he was going to poison Biden? I don't know. Huh. Uh, Trump is headed to the border. The governor of Texas says they're going to build their own wall and is taking donations. Gonna oh, boy. Going to set up a, like a GoFundMe or something. I'll bet he gets tons of money flying into that thing. Oh, yeah, and and he makes an excellent point. We'll play yeah. his explanation for you in a bit. Yeah, that's going to be what an interesting political move. Uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's very strong. We have a, a great freedom-loving quote of the day as well. Is a state going to build its own wall? Yeah, I think so. And Well, and, its resources are being drained. Its citizens are being impacted. They should. And how's the Biden administration going to handle it? Anyway, since it's their job, it's the federal government's job. All that stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Rise and shine. 
20 years old? What kind of question is that? Stupid, stupid, stupid. It, it probably was not a good question. But I yeah, but know. reporters ask questions like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does get testy pretty quick. I would get that way with him because the questions are stupid often. But, uh, yeah, yeah. More, more angry Biden coming up. <laughs> Biden flies off the handle at Summit. Uh, I almost shouted mailbag. Sorry. Wow. Uh, freedom-loving quote of the day first. Sent along by alert listener Ken. It's from a SCOTUS opinion by Justice Kennedy. It's a little longish, but I thought it was good. When a student first encounters our first our free speech jurisprudence, he or she might think it is influenced by the philosophy that one idea is as good as any other, that in art and literature, objective standards of style, taste, decorum, beauty, and aesthetics are deemed by the Constitution to be inappropriate, indeed unattainable. Quite the opposite is true. The Constitution no more enforces a relativistic philosophy or moral nihilism than it does any other point of view. The Constitution exists precisely so that opinions and judgments, including aesthetic and moral judgments about art and literature can be formed, tested, and expressed. What the Constitution says is that these judgments are for the individual to make, not for the government to decree, even with the mandate or approval of a majority. Hmm. Well said, sir. Well said. It's hate speech is not free speech. I hate you. That's hate speech. Melbeth. <laughs> And appropriately enough, I sound like Joe Biden. Uh, according to TSOT, uh, greetings, guys. I thought would, I would pass along a statement I read this evening out of my current book, as I think it highlights beautifully the human conditions that's being hijacked by critical race theory. Ah, oh, the human conditions. It's from Why People Believe Weird Things by Michael Shermer. I'm not familiar with the book. It sounds intriguing. Quote, But as soon as a group sets itself up as the final moral arbiter of other people's actions, especially when its members believe they have discovered absolute standards of right and wrong, it marks the beginning of the end of tolerance, and thus reason and rationality. Holy crap, if that doesn't describe the cult of critical race theory, I don't know what does. Yikes! That's pretty good. Yeah, that is. Uh, Moving along to uh, the correspondence proper, William writes, oh, Michael. Da-da-da-da! You probably want to get a certain little bell ready. President Biden's comments after the summit with Putin reminds me of when Neville Cha- Chamberlain returned to England after his conference with Adolf Hitler, in which Chamberlain gave Hitler the green light to invade Eastern Europe. That didn't remind me of that no, much. No, it, it, it didn't uh, occur to me. It wasn't terribly strong, but I, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, guys, I'm listening to the, uh, today's show, and you're talking about the fire started by bums and junkies. Here's how my Saturday afternoon went. I'm in the wind watching this fire started by bums and junkies headed straight for my house, praying the fire department would arrive soon. And in the time I had to grab a few things, my pad alert the neighbors who were oblivious. It was surreal. Oh. Watching the flames, listening to the whispers of the fire burning through dry grass and weeds. Thank God for everything that went right. And no one but the junkies lost their homes, as it turns out. Commented yesterday, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Fire Department, and it could have been, you know, L.A., 
the, the Bay Area, the Sacramento, anywhere on the West Coast because it's so dry, um, saying that they respond to a dozen fires a day set in the bum and jump, junkie encampments. And if you're new to the show, yeah, bums and junkies. Those are not the families trying to get back on their feet. You never see them. They're in the shelters. They're behaving themselves. They're working as hard as they can to get their lives going again. God bless them. I, I wish them well. The tent cities, those are bums and junkies. Yeah. Uh, note from Terry here. I cannot understand all of the mask-wearing people of all ages wearing masks outdoors yesterday. Is this the result of a year of brainwashing by our government through every media outlet? The Fauci fear drip was slow and steady but did the job. Then she name checks a bunch of towns around where she lives, where people are outdoors, alone, wearing masks. I want to take. I want to talk about that later because there's a certain argument of why do you care if people wear masks? I'll tell you why I do care that other people are wearing masks when they don't need to. I think it's very important, but uh, get into that later. I'll stay tuned. And this from Jeff, guys. I still wear a mask outdoors, and I also keep an iron lung in the spare bedroom just in case my polio vaccine fails. <laughs> KJSOT, keep Jonas Sock off Twitter. Jeff in Santa Rosa, California. Oh, now that is funny. Jeff, you're slaying me. That is too good. Keep that is Jonas really good. Sock off Twitter. <laughs> Spreading his misinformation. Oh. Yeah, uh, Twitter banned him. Is a state going to build a wall? Because the federal government won't. Looks like Texas is. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, um, I was just looking over my notes. I pat myself on the back. I did a good job yesterday going through the news. I got a lot of good stuff today. Excellent. I'll just kick my feet up and be entormed. LeBron James blast in the NBA. Uh, for something uh, basketball-related, not uh, not politics-related, and he's probably right about this. Get to that in just a few minutes as the NBA playoffs continue to go on without many of their biggest stars, which is what LeBron is complaining about. But first, this is an interesting development. The federal government won't control the border. Uh, how about the states start doing it? Yeah, Republican Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said they will begin to build their own border barriers between Texas and Mexico. Which is a bold move. Do you suppose he's thinking of running for uh, POTUS? I don't know. I think the only reason, and I'm not saying I agree with this or, or I support it or, or anything, I think the only reason he's not mentioned more frequently is that he's uh, handicapped. He's in a wheelchair. I didn't know that. I had no well, idea. Well, yeah, and it's it's r- ridiculous anyway. He's a brilliant guy. You know, maybe you agree with him, maybe you don't, but I think he's that would aggressive, him, that would, strong. That would get him more votes, not less, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Depends. I think the the crowd of people would say, "No, you can't stand up to Putin." Uh, might be a significant number. No, Again, I no way. No have, way. What? People are stupid. Why? Anybody that stupid? And put them in a, a pen. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> that's I think controversial. That, I think that'd be end up being a positive rather than a negative. But I don't know. I'll have to pull it. Yeah, could be. Well, let's let the uh, governor speak for himself. Clip number fifty, please. We know that temporary barriers and fences won't be enough to slow the flow of the record amount of illegal immigration that's taken place. That's why today we are announcing that Texas will build a border wall in our state to help secure our border. 
So I suppose it's um, inevitable that the Biden administration says you can't do that because it's a federal issue, that this has happened in the past. Remember, it was Arizona that was trying to do something about it back in the Obama administration, and uh, and that was the cry. No, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's a federal issue. To yeah. which you respond as a state, well, you're not doing anything, so what are we supposed to do? Right. It's impacting our people. It's impacting the state. Well, I think Greg Abbott learned from that go-round because he's made it clear with some of his rhetoric. Uh, for instance, he said the barriers will, in part, enable state law enforcement to arrest migrants for violations of state law. Um, blah, 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 da, 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 da. So that's kind of repeating what he said earlier. Uh, the Del Rio region is suffering some of the largest increases of illegal immigrants. They're seeing a lot of very bad, dangerous people across the border, people that they're afraid of encountering, people who are causing damage to their fences, their livestock, their crops, their neighborhoods, and their homes. Bad things are happening around here, and so they need help from the state to help them address this exploding crisis. So the interesting thing to me, the most interesting thing to me, is he's setting up a fund people can donate to, and that's a good way to gauge its popularity. I mean, people are going to send money to that as a gesture, a political gesture. He's going to raise a gazillion dollars. Well, and of course, the percentage of people who believe the border should be controlled is very, very high. Right. It is not what the mainstream media, I, I vowed not to call the mainstream media anymore. It's not what the left activist media would have you believe at all. It's most people. According to Abbott, court authorities will, will use existing state laws along with the authority of the state of emergency declaration made earlier this month to crack down on those illegally crossing the border. And then he goes into some detail. If you come to Texas, you're subject to being arrested. You're not going to have a pathway to roam the country. You're going to have a pathway directly into a jail cell. We want to be very aggressive in working with local officials and making mass arrests. In working in collaboration with a large number of counties, that means we're going to be arresting a lot more people. In the end, only the federal government and Congress can fix this, but as it stands right now, the state of Texas is going to step up and we're going to start making arrests, sending a message to anybody thinking about coming here. You're not going to get a free pass to the U.S. You're going to get a jail cell. Wow, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out politically. Yeah, and uh, judicially as well. Uh, you know, if it's if it's a matter of building big walls so that instead of the entirety of, say, you know, a, a county is accessible to illegals and coyotes and everything that they can come across anywhere. If you build big walls like you see next to highways all the time, noise retaining walls, there's nothing illegal or federally prohibited about building walls. We're surrounded by quite a few of them in a building as we speak. Um, so if he's just trying to build choke points, if you will, where you have to pass through and then the state troopers are going to give you the eyeball. Um, you know, the, the feds can't really do anything about that. Now, if you start arresting people for immigration violations by your state police, citing the emergency declaration, here's where I'm in over my head, legally speaking. Just have to see that play out. I don't know what what it would look like. Right. I like the idea, though. Uh, and on that topic, a couple of things that are uh, absolutely related. Give me clip number 52. And new disturbing information from Border Patrol. The agency reporting this week, right here in the Rio Grande Valley, they arrested a convicted child rapist from Peru and a Mexican national with a conviction for sexual assault of a child. Both men taken into custody after illegally crossing into the United States. 
I'm reminded of the fake outrage or or ginned up outrage when Trump said during the campaign they're sending us their murderers, their rapists, and the left pretended that he had said all immigrants are murderers and rapists. They pretended that for years, even though he made clear at the time a lot of them are good folks. But, well, those are actual nasty child rapists right there. So how many really bad hombres have to be in the mix before you cut down on illegal immigration just to eliminate the bad hombres? Right. That's a perfectly reasonable point of view. But putting aside the interest, the need for a country to control its borders and know who's coming in and out. It's just a law enforcement thing. And then finally, before we move on, this is significant. Speaking of presidential aspirants, clip 51 uh, talking about Ron DeSantis of Florida. Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis announcing he is going to be sending Florida law enforcement to Texas and Arizona to help supplement their border security. The state of Florida is answering the call. We believe that securing the southern border is important for our country. Meanwhile, Donald Trump announced he will visit the border on June 30th with Governor Greg Abbott. The former president saying Joe Biden's handling of the border has turned it into a, quote, unmitigated disaster zone. The phenomenon of a coalition of Republican-led states taking the place up well no it's not taking the place up because our our border control folks are enthusiastic about their jobs it's it's providing the support that should be coming from the federal government instead it's coming from these uh, republican states this is really wild i have no idea where this goes but it's worth watching for sure yeah i'd say so and again i think the money when it starts raising so much money and and uh, and uh, you know the biden administration sees that there's so much political support out there uh, that can be measured easily by the amount of money being donated. Uh-huh. I think you're going to have to play a little carefully with this one. Yeah. You know, a lot of the GoFundMe pages and fundraising emails and the rest of it that have been trying to cap- capitalize on uh, outrage and pro-Trump or anti-Trump and the rest of it, a lot of them, folks, have been stealing your money. Absolutely. They got Trump's name on it. They got an American flag, and they line their own pockets and play y'all for suckers. Having said that, if it's clear that this is legit and Greg Abbott is building the walls and it's forcing the issue and Ron DeSantis is joining in, I'd kick in a hundred bucks if it's legit. Got a guy got arrested in Florida, got pulled over for not using his turn signal. They ran his uh, license and realized that he had been behind the wheel as he's fifty five years old. Can I old. guess? Can I guess? He's got alligators in his pants. He's smuggling <laughs> snakes. Snakes, not steaks, snakes. <laughs> I'm saying it's a weird animal thing. I think smuggling steaks in your pants is every bit as weird as smuggling snakes in your pants. <laughs> oh, sure. They're at every grocery store. Takes a very different sort, though. Maybe he's dry aging them. Well, mostly dry <laughs> aging them. Wow. Damp aging. It has nothing to do with anything like that. Oh, so sorry. at 11.30 in the morning, and they pulled him over for not signaling properly. I don't know. He must have been doing something else or looked fishy, because yeah, that's a pretty weak ticket right there. Uh, 11.30 in the morning. Anyway... 55-year-old gets pulled over, they run his license, and they realize he's been behind the wheel with 99 suspensions of his license in his lifetime. 99 suspensions. Uh, This guy probably at some point shouldn't be allowed to drive anymore. Well, I was going to say, you'd think after, I don't know, 67, you wouldn't get to drive anymore. Yeah. Or 38. I don't know. You pick the number. 
Once you're past a dozen, I think you're pretty much not a good driver. Wow. 99 hey, suspensions. Has he ever killed anybody? I mean, because this, this story ends tragically, it was sooner or later. Uh, yeah, no kidding. It doesn't say anything bad. Maybe the reason he still has his license is they're all, you know, small. And then maybe he just doesn't show up to court or something. Just not paying tickets yeah, or yeah. doesn't uh, register his car. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. And then uh, LeBron James. So um, he slammed the NBA yesterday, tweeted out uh, a lot of caps, sounded kind of angry, went on for a long time. I'll give you a little bit. Yes, John? No, I was just laughing at your conv- uh, communication of the caps equaling. Uh, sound sounded very shouty. <laughs> uh <laughs> They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players. And ultimately, it's the product and benefit of everyone involved that we stay healthy. Saying that starting the season a month and a half after the last season ended was going to lead to your best players having lots of injuries. And man, the best players are falling apart here in the playoffs. Many of the very best players that make, you know, it's the whole point you tune in at all are sitting on the sidelines with injuries. Yeah. And yeah. LeBron says, you, you, couldn't, you shouldn't have done this to us. You shouldn't have made us play like with no chance to, to rehab our bodies. Two things. Number one, the NBA is dead to me, but they take a, a, a terrible pounding. It's absolutely undeniable. It's the nature of the game. You're running up and down hardwood. <clears throat> Secondly, though, I don't know. Boo freaking who? What, what, what were you going to do? Cancel the whole season? It's just, it's too complicated. There's too many people, too much money involved. It's I don't know, just, but it's it, is, unfortunate. It, it is no fun to watch the, the, the games when the stars are on the sidelines. Oh, clearly it, true. It absolutely takes all the fun out of it. I mean, there's only five players on the floor at a time. You're usually tuning in for a couple of them, and they're not playing. You know, at the risk of seeming high-handed, which, you know, it's kind of my thing anyway, um, there was a global pandemic that killed millions of people. And yes, it affected the NBA a little bit. It's just the truth. See you next year. Yeah, this isn't going to, they're not adapting this as the default status for all seasons. It, it was a reaction to a, an extreme event. I think yeah, how, should, how could it not be somewhat crappier? Yeah, I think they should have done another shorter season, but I'm sure they did the math on that for all the games. What costs more money? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't make a mistake because the league's dead to me and I'm not paying that much attention. But I don't know. I tend to go to the, the vendors and the restaurants all around the stadiums and the taxi drivers and everybody else who's affected by the industry. As It'll be interesting to, the, the to see what the ratings are when you've got all the best players sitting on the sidelines for your NBA, uh, your your conference finals and finals. But anyway. I don't know. Speaking for myself, I really enjoy seeing the end of the bench cleared out. And now here's a young man. He hasn't yet played this year. In fact, it appears he doesn't know how to take off his warm-up pants. Talent, the trainer, I the, want heart. The, the trainer is helping him unsnap his pants. Well, this is a great moment in sports. Let's see some playing below the rim for a while. This will change your pace. Now they're pointing out to him which basket he's going for. Look at that fundamental chess pass. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get back to fundamentals will be the slogan for the finals. <laughs> more layups, more chest passes. Exactly. Ah. Lots of ball movement. Actually, ball movement's good. But... And a lot of heart. Hey, have you read anything about the great Australian mice plague? Uh, no. Oh, it's horrendous. I mean, it's horror movie. Horrendous. Well, we'll have the TGAMP... Uh, details for you coming up. <laughs>
And uh, also, uh, do you have anything to say about the summit? I got a couple of takeaways. Yeah, I want to read your New York Times takeaway on it, which I thought was pretty good. I okay. thought uh, I like New York Times version of the the story, which you know was not as glowing as a lot of your lefty media was. You know, because they're doing their whole rooting for my team thing. Um, I'll tell you what that was coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We know that there were cyber attacks on a pipeline company in the United States. What do the state organs of Russia have to do with that? We are encountering the same threats. What happens if that ransomware outfit were sitting in Florida or Maine and took action, as I said, on their, their, their single lifeline to their economy? oil it'd be devastating and they're like you could see them kind of go oh we do that but like whoa so it's every it's in everybody's interest that these things be acted on you know i got what he meant but if you are hearing that clip for the first time you're probably completely mystified he's just not clear I hope he was more clear to uh, Putin yesterday. That was obviously President Biden uh, saying that he more or less threatened Putin with, hey, how about if we attack your major oil pipeline with a, with a group out of Florida? How about that? I mean, it was straight out of the Godfather. Be a shame if something happened to that new pipeline. Yeah, some more on that in a second. I want to tease a few stories. One, hey, if you're a stargazer, the star Bellatiguise is okay. <laughs> it's okay, Orion fans. Stay tuned. I'm not sure you're pronouncing those things right. Um, which part? Sure, I'm not. <laughs> uh, and Re- I know I'm pronouncing this right. Red, Lo- Red Lobster has made deceptive claims about their lobsters, according oh. to a lawsuit. <laughs> They're pink at best. You lying creep. I thought they were awful small. Those are cockroaches, aren't they? <laughs> oh, um, God, they have lawyers, you idiot. <laughs> and that's what brought us down. That's a, a lawsuit we'll get into later. So, uh, what is the takeaway from the Biden-Putin meeting yesterday? Well, I read the article in the New York Times, and I kind of expected some, uh, some, you know, fanboy stuff out of the New York Times, but it isn't, it isn't exactly the direction they went. Where's the one? Uh, yes, yeah, so somebody tweeted this yesterday, which I thought was really good. Any analysis of President Biden that doesn't sound like praise inspires people to leap to defend him by pointing out he's not Trump. He's not, but he's not made of glass either. The most powerful person in the world doesn't need to be cocooned from criticism, which got retweeted a lot yesterday by a lot of news outlets. And and I would agree with that. And I was happy to see that the New York Times, you know, gave it a pretty fair look, I thought, partially because it was written by David Sanger and others who tend to be serious journalists. This paragraph stuck out to me yesterday from the New York Times uh, about Putin and Biden. Both expressed a desire for a better relationship but announced no dramatic actions that will arrest the downward spiral that has already hurtled them toward the worst U.S.-Russian tensions since the Cold War. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, nothing happened that's going to stop the spiral we're in toward the worst relations we've had since we were all worried about the world being destroyed. Um, A little more from that. Mr. Biden also said he had handed the Russian leader a list of 16 examples of critical infrastructure and had made clear that if they were attacked, we have significant cyber capabilities and we would respond in a cyber way. So that I thought that was newsworthy. And we'll see here. Yeah. 
Uh, Mr. Biden said there had been no hyperbole and no talk of military invention, intervention in their exchanges, which he described as simple assertions, but his warning that accelerating Russian cyber operations would get an in-kind response could signal a significant escalation in the daily cyber conflict now underway among major and lesser powers, including China, Iran, and North Korea. Hoping that they're going to hear that message and think, okay, I, boy, now that I say it out loud, I just don't feel like China or North Korea or anybody else is going to change their behavior based on that. Well, yeah, it's interesting. They said could lead to a major escalation. It could also lead to a major de-escalation. It's just, it's difficult to say. More from the New York Times. American officials have usually shied away from major cyber operations against Russia, fearing that they might not be able to control the escalation of strikes and counter-strikes. Uh, while acknowledging the uncertainty ahead, Mr. Putin quoted from Russian literature yesterday. Leo Tolstoy once said, there's no happiness in life, there are only glimmers of it, Putin said. Uh, I think that in this situation there can't be any kind of family trust, but I think we've seen some glimmers. I appreciate him. Yeah, going to Tolstoy. I was unfamiliar with that quote. There's no happiness in life, only glimmers of it. That's pretty good. Perhaps in hour two, we can address a couple of uh, points that Jonah Goldberg uh, was writing about recently and that I was uh, contemplating myself yesterday. And that's the similarities and differences between the Cold War era, the Soviet era, and the current one. And there are some significant differences that are worth mentioning. Cool. Uh, Also, the gifts they gave each other. Always fun. What gifts did Biden give to Putin? Stay tuned for that. Get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.